0: It's been a while, and for good reason. If you have a pulse, then you know that we are in a very interesting space and time in life. And the curveball of 2020 has been this unintended hiatus of something about Sunday. I've recorded a couple of episodes, and I just didn't feel like the timing was right or the content was right or fill in the blank was right because there's just so much going on and finally in this month of June I'm ready to be back in this space of sharing unapologetically what is going on in my brain feels that are happening in my heart, and somewhat succinctly share about my feelings and my thoughts about everything that has been going on in the world around us. If this is your first time tapping into something about Sunday, i want to welcome you here. If you are returning, I want to welcome you back. It's OSHA, and... Here's a new episode of something about Sunday. We are currently in the month of June twenty twenty. It's been a hell of a year. I think that's a bit of an understatement. and I was contemplating a few things um for those of you who have reached out personally to check on me, I greatly appreciate you for your love and your consideration and your thoughts. All things considered, I can't complain i I, I can't complain. I've been going back and forth about what I want to talk about and what this is going to be. And I, I opted to, to just shoot the shit with you guys with no agenda, no outline, just to really express from my heart to you where I've been, what I've been up to and, and what I'm feeling, which is the core of this, this podcast. But before I get into any of that, I wanted to do a check-in with myself and I, I ask that you, you do the same. So, checking in right now, mind, body, and spirit. My mind is quiet and still. I am processing a lot more than I normally would because things are just not the way that they used to be in a number of areas which I will get into in my body I feel good I feel relaxed Um, I don't feel tired or sore because I've been trying to do some working out and I feel really good my spirit is is soaring I'm feeling somewhat optimistic and full and so I will say that everything's aligned. Like I I'm feeling I'm feeling alright. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. And I hope that wherever you are in this moment in time, at least while we're together, that you that you feel okay, that you feel all right, that you feel better than, than those two by the, the end of this episode. So current day life, what it's looking like right now. It's June 2020. We're almost halfway through the month. And a lot has happened. Um, I'm going to try to go back to the beginning of the year and, and fill in some things that I think are substantial or important for me. And then really tap into what's really been on my heart lately and really share explicitly where my my feelings have lied throughout all the the things that are happening in the world. So I had a birthday at the beginning of the year, went on vacation, went to Mexico. I had a cool time there and came back home and I was sick and got hospitalized in February. So the, the beginning of the year was a little tricky. I've never been hospitalized before. So that in itself was was kind of a big deal. One of my brothers came to visit me while I was in the hospital and I could tell that he was really struggling with the imagery of his older sister being in a hospital bed, being able to do very little like for myself. Of course I had to like get up and go to the bathroom and things like that. But in my hospital bed, I was I had an IV. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had an IV and it was uh an interesting an interesting time. So January birthday. Came back from vacation, not feeling well. Tried to like self-medicate throughout all of that. Ended up in the hospital. Spent a few days in the hospital. Got out the hospital. And within a couple of weeks, we were in a pandemic. So 2020 has been off to an interesting start for most of us. Even before anything happened with COVID, it just didn't really feel like it was going to be the year that we all had anticipated and I won't say we all had but the majority of the people that I have in my life and you know friends family loved ones 2020 gave a lot of people a lot of hope leaving behind a new year ushering in a new decade it just it felt very brand new like we could take on anything I know personally I was like you know something I try to be as realistic as possible. And for me, I was like, 2020 is going to usher in something very meaningful for me. I didn't know what it was going to be, you know, and I think my top three things have been in no specific order, love, like a lasting love, a companion to do life with, um, a child and... I'll say like a shift in my career and to usher in some other adult things that I'm really interested in doing, like owning a home and things like that. So also in the beginning of 2020, there was a, I had a breakup, um, which was, you know, a breakup. So it wasn't something that I was like dying to do in 2020, especially in the beginning of it. But it's just, it's one of those things. So I was in Maryland right when everything went down after the murder of George Floyd. Initially, or originally, my plans for that trip were to fly into Baltimore, meet up with my friend Chanel. We were going to drive to Philly for the Roots picnic that we all know is canceled now. And... I contemplated like what I was going to do so when I found out all the things were happening and that COVID was like a real thing that I was going to hang out for quite some time I wasn't really sure what was going to happen by the month of May so I waited out and waited out and waited it out and decided that instead of taking the flight to go to Philly from Baltimore that I would just fly into Baltimore hang out with my family so In the midst of COVID, alive and well and thriving, I decided to go on an airplane. Really interesting because, of course, I had mixed feelings about what that was going to be like and how irresponsible it felt. But then I started thinking, you know, this is a pandemic and this is probably the cleanest and most sterile the airport has ever been. So if you're going to go, like, why not go now? So my flight was, I think it's seven in the morning. And so I got to the airport around five o'clock, excuse me, and got to the airport, walked into a ghost town, boarded a flight that was less than halfway full, practicing social distancing as much as you could on the flight. So all of the middle seats were empty and it was easy breezy, probably the chillest flying experience I'd ever experienced in my life. And I think it's just because everybody knew it was just kind of an unspoken thing. Like, we know why we're here. Let's just make this as easy as possible for all of us. Everyone had their mask on. Just being mindful of others, it was rather pleasant, which was a nice surprise and, and much appreciated. So I take my flight to LA. I mean, from LA to Detroit, we're at a layover. And then from Detroit to DCA. And it was interesting when I got to Detroit, there were people walking around in the airport without mask on, which I didn't see in LA. So once I got to my connecting gate, I hung out there and kind of judged everyone that walked by without their mask on. And boarded my flight and came to Washington, DC. Got to Washington, DC, DCA, small airport. Nobody was in there. Very easy to kind of get in and out of there. Got picked up by my cousin. Couldn't wait to snatch my mask off to catch, like, get some fresh air because i had a mask on for the entire day, pretty much. And then I was in Maryland. So hanging out in Maryland and spent some time in PG County, spent some time in Baltimore County. And when everything was starting to really, really, really kick up, I was far away from the action, so to speak whereas if i was here in la for those of you who have been listening and all of that you know that i live in la city i live in lamart park um not far from the plaza where everything happens in lamart park and i believe it would have been a different story had i been at home i think that i think that the trip was necessary for a number of reasons I needed to get out of my house you know working from home for several months working in the same corner that I do pretty much everything in so my office where I lounge and watch tv where I work and record this podcast where I do everything is in this one corner and so I was looking forward to just a change of scenery and then also that change of scenery really was perfect timing for the world kind of catching fire and the world getting ready to take on its greatest, I think, fight and challenge or my at least greatest fight and challenge since I've been alive. And so I was there and a friend of mine went and protested. And I remember being so anxious and so worried when she was like, I'm going to D.C. tomorrow. I'm going to D.C. I'm going to protest. And this was the day she told me that the day that Donald Trump took that picture in front of the church you know when they like shot the rubber duckies and I call the the rubber pellets rubber duckies. so the day that they shot the rubber duckies into the crowd so this fool could take a picture this is the day that she tells me she's gonna go to that very same area so I was concerned because my mama bear and she went and it's something that she said jokingly that probably had a a, a lining of seriousness was like, what am I going to tell my children in 20 years when they ask like what I did? And I remember her saying that and she went and protested and she was fine. So that was great. And, but I was thinking about that. Like, well, what am I going to say 20 years from now when I'm talking to my niece, who's three you know, who'll be 23, who who will remember vaguely having to wear a mask and being uncomfortable when she went out in public. What will I be able to say that I contributed to this time and all of the years to come after this time? And so that is when my brain started to process and think through everything that I've experienced, everything that... I've lived through and how I plan to show up and of course you take to social media which most of us do when I'm on there and I'm ingesting all of this rhetoric and I'm gonna keep it funky with y'all and just and really just say what I want to say so I take to social media or I go to social media and Part of me was proud at the level of information that people had access to, that they were reading and understanding and sharing. And the other half of me was a bit annoyed because there was just a lot of shame in a lot of what was being shared online. So as I'm looking through every story, every post that's being shared, and I think I follow, I don't even follow 400 people, but still, You know, I think it's like 390 people. So the 390 people that I follow, if we have an active group of about 200 that are posting, they're all posting the same thing. So I'm looking at everyone's pages and I'm looking at their content and they're just sharing a lot of the same information in different ways, which is not really something that I do. And I hadn't seen anything that resonated with me that I identify with that I felt like I wanted to share. So I so I just didn't say anything. And it was interesting because there was a lot of like, you know, check your timeline and see who's saying what. And if you, you know, if the if people are being silent during this time, then you need to look at who you're following and all that kind of shit. Right. So I'm looking at all of that. And of course I'm I'm thinking about myself. Like I'm really quiet. I don't have anything to say. And, and I have things to say. I'm not going to say that I'm an opinionated person, but I have a voice, you know? So had a couple of conversations with some friends about kind of where they were and how they were feeling and all of that. And I, I just didn't have, I didn't feel compelled to post. So I didn't post. And then there was a post that I saw that spoke to me. That was right up my alley. And I wonder if I can pull it up while I'm talking to you guys. But the post, the reason why it stood out for me was because it, it was more around strategic planning there was a lot of protest, protesting that was happening and still a lot of protesting that is happening. I haven't protested in about four years. And I remember like what that felt like and why it was important that I went and why I showed up. And the majority of the protests that I went to started as meetings and then turned into protest. So, I was joining those collectives to be able to have conversations around the education of whatever the matter at hand was to be able to formulate a plan to attack whatever the objective was. So I come across this post that talked about mapping our skills in a social change ecosystem. And I was like, wow, this is like so on point. This is exactly kind of where I am and, like who I am. So we're talking about like equity and inclusion, liberation, justice, solidarity, uh resiliency, interdependency. And it's just like all of these things that spawn from that. So everybody plays a role in social change. And for me, it was really important to identify like my role. And so when I saw this post, I'm like, oh, this is the thing. Like this is the one that I'm gonna share where you look at like the framework of social change and what part you want to play and so of course I thought about controversy which is you know the event that I do where we come together as a collective and we have a conversation about various things sometimes it's curated around one topic sometimes it's not and so that was the first place that my mind went like you have to have a controversy and then I I didn't even feel comfortable doing that you know not wanting to To feel like I was trying to capitalize on a moment, which isn't what it was, but ingesting so much shit from social media, I I started to get a bit scatterbrained about like what I was doing. So I remember when I posted um, the post about like mapping out our roles during this time and like what the framework would look like and what position I was going to play in all of this. I had two different people reach out to me, ask like saying that they were looking for me to say something. They were looking for me to say something And they were looking like to hear my voice and what I was going to do, excuse me. And so I started thinking about that and wanting to like fine tune my voice. Also thinking back to me being a way I really appreciated that time because that's what it gave me time to do. I didn't have time to be home and get pumped up by my friends to be out on the streets, angry and irresponsible I was on the East Coast far, far away from home where I was able to cry because two days straight, I had a moment where I was like minding my business and then tears just fell and wouldn't stop. And so I was able to process my emotions and start to think and have different conversations to be able to come back home to, to really kind of get to work. And so throughout this time, what I have decided my role would be and what my activism would look like is just having conversation and at some point in the near future within the next two to three weeks I hope to be able to put something together virtually or in person probably in person where I mean excuse me probably on online because obviously we're still in a pandemic I mean, that was one of the deterrents for me, being out protesting. I was one of the few people, when COVID first hit, like, that whole stay at home, safer at home situation, I didn't go anywhere unless I went to the grocery store. I was only one of the grocery store and checking on my dad. And after being in the house for, you know, three months is after that is when I was like, okay, I did my part. So I started to branch out. You know here and there to go see friends and like my mom and stuff like that but for the most part being really cautious even when I was in Maryland I was really nervous because Baltimore was opening up and restaurants were opening up for like in-person dining or whatever and I was really really nervous about it and yeah so I have been sitting in like my convictions. I think it's really easy for us as black people to point the finger at everyone for everything that they've done. And we should hold people accountable. But during this time, I've been able to get really clear about my responsibility to myself to my family, to my unborn children, for my community. Like, it's a lot of things that I've been okay with that I can't be okay with anymore. I was having a conversation with my cousin, who was fortunate to be raised by parents who were progressive and educated and into everything that they needed to be into. And I think, especially as I get older, I know and understand the importance of owning your own development. Our parents bring us into this world. They give us what they can. They do the best that they can. And then we're released in the world to do what we're supposed to do with what we have. And for everything that you feel like you didn't get that's when it's time for you to own your own development. That's when it's time for you to figure out how to learn what you didn't, what you weren't given or what you weren't taught. And I feel like that's what's been happening to me, a bit of a rebirth around my responsibility to my community and to myself. So I was a person who didn't like politics or didn't get it or didn't understand like why I needed to be all into it. And I feel like, The first shift that I had around that thought and idea was with my last official girlfriend, which would have been three years ago. So she yeah, because we were together when Donald Trump was elected president and actually leading up to election night she told me he was going to win and I was like that's not funny and she was like I'm not trying to be funny but these are the facts like look at this like look at look at everything that's happening and so she was following the news had always been really really into the news and the newspaper and politics and just having a very clear understanding of what was happening in the world and I used to use her as cliff notes. I'm like, well, I don't need to keep up in the news with the news or keep up with what's happening because she's going to tell me what's happening. And I've kind of adapted that as a way of living, you know, where as long as I have someone close to me, like I'm always going to know what I need to know. And that's just like not OK. It's not OK for me to say that I don't like it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. When literally like black lives like our lives revolve around all of these things. It's no longer okay for me to be like, I'm not into that. Like you need to get into it. And I was thinking about the people that hang out outside of the grocery stores or, you know, outside of the fill in the blank doing like re- voter registration forms and any kind of cause where like you would see them as you're coming out the grocery store. I'm like, oh God, like no, thank you. No, thank you. I don't want to sign. I'm already registered to vote. Like you don't even give them the time of day. And so now in this moment, I'm understanding the importance of why they were out there and what they were doing and what their intentions were for trying to hold these conversations to share. Now, what information they were trying to share or what they were trying to do, I don't know. But now I understand the point of what their roles were. In this space. And so I have had a few conversations with myself about being accountable, you know, to myself, if to no one else, to know better, to be better, and to do better. And having the knowledge and information, education around everything defunding the police and and then not just stopping at Instagram, right? Because that's the other piece. There's so much that's floating around in the world. And when you look at a social networking site, it's really important that you check your sources and you do your research. And so having those moments with myself where I'm seeing something and instead of just grabbing what I saw in someone else's story and sharing it because it sounds good, what does that even mean? What is it that I'm sharing? What am I promoting to other people? Because regardless of what you think, of what role you play in this world, if you're online and you have any type of following, there is someone who listens to what you have to say and treats it as gospel. Wrong, right, or indifferent, that's just the truth. And that's something that I've had to accept responsibility for whenever I speak And whenever I share, I want it to be for the good of the people who are receiving the news or the information. Of course, you know, when social media wasn't about Black people hanging from fucking trees and trans people being murdered in record numbers, along with Black people, excuse me, social media was a lot lighter and it was a lot easier to just kind of post foo-foo content. And that was okay. That's just not where we are anymore. And so... I thought it was really important for me to take to the airwaves and share my feelings and experience from this perspective only because there were moments around some of this where I had shame because I didn't know as much as I could know, especially in this time of technology and the freedom to still be able to think and research and read. You know what I mean? And that hasn't always been the case. And so I had to sit with all of my shit, all of my feelings and get out of them, move them out the way to be able to do the work that's coming. And unlike any other experience that we've had, this isn't something that's going to go away in a couple of weeks, in a couple of months. The trajectory of this planet, of the United States, of the world, is it's different. It's different and... It will will never be the same. And that's really beautiful and inspiring in a lot of ways on a lot of levels. It's also very scary because it it is the unknown. And there are a lot of television shows that depict a lot of scenarios that are very frightening because they feel like they can be very real and we are living in times where we are And circumstances that don't feel like anything we thought we would be living under. And yet here we are. And so as we are out and you are out and your loved ones are out protesting and showing up in spaces. I ask that you look at your blind spots and encourage you to start to have your own town halls within your communities. And I was having a conversation with my friend in where we were talking about how there are different initiatives that have been in place for decades, where there have been town hall meetings happening within your community that you knew nothing about or you knew about it and just didn't really care to partake. Because as I'm thinking about what I'm going to do, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. So that's what we were talking about. You think about all of these conversations that have been happening and that have been in place. Where can you go and add to that space? Where can you go and bring people into that space to continue to further the education around all of the things that we're going to have to do to move this movement forward and like beyond? So those are my feelings right now in this moment where we have we have black people who are man there are people who are fighting for their lives there are people who are afraid for their lives there are people who are really starting to understand their privilege as I stick my finger up. And I don't know about you, but I wonder how your interactions are when you are interacting with non-Black people. Are you suspicious? Are you leery? Are you uncomfortable? Are you fill in the blank? And I remember the last time that I experienced some of what I'm experiencing now is when Donald Trump became the president. I felt like all bets were off. I felt like nowhere was safe and that I was going to have to look over my shoulder every minute of the day. I'm a bit melodramatic, but that those are my thoughts in a nutshell. And I've had some experiences lately where I've been in white spaces, where I was mass suspicious, You know, looking around, like, who sent you? What do you want? Why are you talking to me? What is this small talk? What can I help you with? And also being in spaces, white spaces, where I can tell that they want to make me feel comfortable or make me feel, yeah, make me feel comfortable and to let me know that they aren't, like, their relatives or their ancestors. So it's been a really interesting been a really interesting bunch of feelings and emotions and I'm grateful for loved ones who let me tap into those feelings of frustration and anger and fear and also fill those spaces up with optimism and hope and love and so that is what I pray for you And your loved ones during this time and beyond. And aside from a fight for just equality and justice, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, which is crazy. You learn about these different things when you're in school, but you never think that you'd actually live through it. And at 36 years of age, I've lived through a recession and now depression and a pandemic And the ultimate fight for black lives, like all of them, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to be here. Like what a time to be alive. And now you can see why I haven't been like dying to get to the airwaves because there's just it's so much to unpack, you know, but sometimes you just have to jump back in there. On another note, perhaps a lighter note, like I said in the beginning, all things considered, I can't complain. I can't complain. Some days are a bit frustrating than others, but for the most part, I'm safe. I'm sane. I'm well. I am not going without anything. I'm loved. I'm cared for. I can't can't complain Um, But also in those moments, I have to just be mindful that although this is my life and that I'm okay and I'm safe and, and things are good, that's not the case for a lot of people around me. And so that that's something that I try to be mindful of on a daily basis, making sure that I'm showing up in every way that I can. I've been doing a lot of donating, which has been really cool. Sometimes I think that I have to do something, like physically have to show up in spaces, even if I don't really want to. Like I appreciate the mission and what they're doing, but I, especially with COVID, there's just a lot of things I'm not willing, I don't not willing or don't feel comfortable doing. And so I'm grateful for having funds to be able to support causes that I believe in around COVID nineteen testing being made available in areas where. There's nothing but black and brown people where people are dying in, in record numbers. And so, yeah, and those, those have been my thoughts. Those have been my feelings. In the midst of all of that, I'm still connected with my loved ones, my friends, and my family. My heart is still beating. I'm still I'm still, oh, so, you know, I'm, I'm still on the prowl. I'm still living my life, um, and showing up for myself in the ways that, that feel good for me. I'm still going to therapy, still -hmm. trying to be physical and be active, spending time with, with my folks, Eating good food, drinking good drinks, smoking good weed, all the things. Um, So yeah, I can't complain, but this is is it. This is what I wanted to share with you all. I hope and pray that you are safe and you are well as always you can connect with me email cavalierlush@gmail.com, at gmail.com the website cavalierlush.com, instagram cavalier lush twitter cavalier lush i only really fuck with twitter but i get on there every once in a while so if that's your jam follow me hit me up and i'll be back very soon Was another episode i love you guys so much be well And I'll check on with you soon. Peace.